Welcome to the podcast, Leadership is the Conversation. A discussion with today's top business executives on management and leadership topics to help busy managers. In the studio is Ron Kreit, Tom Meyer, and Jim Dixon of Equus Consulting, and I'm your host, Rick Ainsworth. We have a special treat today as this is our first podcast where our guests are actually joining us live and in person in the studio. So welcome to Christy Curry, Education Services Manager, and Chad Dorr, Leadership Training Consultant from Kentucky Farm Bureau Insurance. If you've not heard of this topic, the great resignation, basically what what we're finding out in the research is people are saying, I'm done. I'm out. I'm looking for another opportunity. And the numbers are pretty staggeringly high or at least intimidating for those of us that are attempting to, you know, keep people around in organizations because our competitive advantage is based on the relationships. So people are saying, hey, I'm, you know, I'm rethinking everything. And on the surface, the surface answer is that people give is, well, you didn't give me an opportunity to work from home. So therefore, I'm going to look for something else. When you dig into the research, what you find is it's way more nuanced than that. Not only did I not have the opportunity to work from home, but I wasn't being given authentic development opportunities. I didn't feel connected to my peers after 18 months. I didn't feel connected. Two levels of connection that I talk about are you have to be connected to the organizational vision and you have to be connected to your peers. That's that's when we feel the most engaged and fulfilled. So I'm not feeling connected to the organization. I'm not feeling connected to my peers. I'm not getting development opportunities. My work isn't meaningful. The pay I may have struggled with for a while. And that all gets funneled up into this straw that broke the camel's back, otherwise known as you didn't give me an opportunity to work from home, you know, but it's, it's just, it's way more complicated. So we're going to have to find out how to create more of those opportunities for people to address some of those things we're seeing that are below the surface so that they stay more engaged. I would agree that it's a very complicated layered scenario. And I think, you know, when you get into the research, the reason why people leave an organization is very unique to them. Sure. But what I get excited about in the training and development space is that we do have a part to play in the retention of our talent because mm-hmm. I believe that most people, if they feel like they are valued and they have worth and that you're investing in them as a human being, they want to be a part of that. Now, connecting them to the why of the organization, that's maybe a step up. But we get a part to play in just giving them right. that opportunity to develop their career, develop their skill set, develop as a human being. And so I think that's attractive to most people. And we get to be part of that you know, solution. Yeah, Christy. Yeah. Uh, just to add to that, because I think one of the questions we had talked about um, in preparation for recording this was is training and development a good retention strategy and I feel like not only is it a retention strategy it's a necessity moving forward especially for those millennials and Gen Z at our conference last week we talked about how we have raised our children to to do better go out and do better and expect more well here they are expected more (laughs) and wanting development and those opportunities and we have to provide them in order to recruit and retain. So so what do you think they want? You were at the conference, you talked to them. What what do they 
what are they telling you they, you know, they expect more? What does more look like to them, do you think? I think just my opinion, some of the things that Chad mentioned is just that ability for organizations to show that they are invested in them, invested in their growth and development, and that they have opportunities to grow. One of the things that I love about KFP culture is uh, you, you don't walk through the hallways that people don't express gratitude. I mean, it's just a right. grateful, grateful culture. And in most of the development opportunities that we've had with you, it, we don't go through a debrief of the day or the session that somebody does not say, I really appreciate the fact that you invested in me in this way. And especially something that Chad and I found in research we did earlier this year that's unique to our culture is we're not as large as some of the organizations that we're competing with for talent. And so we don't advance as quickly as people may expect coming in. And so we know that, which makes our growth and development and investment in our people even more critical. Right. Right. In the past, the those robust development programs were kind of the the sphere of the upper management and senior management that they got the upper they got it. They were the ones who got those robust development programs. And in today's world, we have to provide those programs for every employee. Every person along the step of the, of the way has to have some type of development program that and that's our world, right? I agree. So here's the benefit of having been around for three decades in classrooms and development opportunities. I think 20 years ago, and, and Jim, I'd be interested in, in your thought on this too. 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I think we heard uh, people say, I want to be a manager. I want to be a manager. I want to move up the ranks. I want to be, I want to be a, a director. I want to be a divisional vice president. And what I've heard far more often in the last five to 10 years is I don't want to be a manager. I love this organization and I love being a subject matter expert and I like the experience that I bring to the table. But um, I think we all may be, and I'm speaking to, you know, our listening audience too. challenge yourself. We all might be in this paradigm of thinking that what people expect is advancement. And I think what they expect is investment in them, investment in their skill set, investment in developing that skill set so that they can use it the way they want to use it. And that's a little, it's a little different. It's, it's not what we saw 20 years ago. Are, are the two of you seeing that? I don't know. I don't want to speak for Christy. I, I'm just going to say that that's an excellent point. And I, I just, as I hear you say that, I'm just reminded that as a leader, if I'm not connecting with my people and I'm not attuned to their heart's desire, or some of the, that. or some of the things they do not want, uh, and I'm not partnering with them, then I'm missing out as a leader. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think another way to say that, in a way of investing in people that they expect, is that feedback. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. in those conversations and investing in them enough to be able to give that feedback. Yeah. If people start with the great resignation, I think people are starting to have conversations about what do I really want for my career? And as leaders, I want leaders to be a part of that conversation, not in the back room, right? Like if you can have that conversation with your employee and you can help them figure that out, then you're really truly in a leadership position. Otherwise, you're going to be on the receiving end of a resignation letter 
that, that you may not want to read. 20 years ago, the career development was in the hands of the manager. Sure. You went to your manager and said, what can I do for career development? And we're shifting that career development into the hands of the employee. So the manager starts taking a, not a back seat, but more of a partnership seat with the employee in managing their career versus directing their career management. I think that's an absolute shift. I think the reason that they wanted to be a manager 20 years ago was based upon prestige and money. (laughs) And now we're seeing in the workforce, uh, and the great resignation is part of that, they're not as interested in money as a motivator. You know, that's not motivating the decision as to whether they want to go up in an organization or not. Now they're getting a little bit more kind of in-depth and in their heart saying, do I have a connection with other people? Do I have, does this job really mean something? In fact, the Gallup organization did a, a study that said that, and Rick, I think you, you and I were talking about this, that it would take more than 20% more salary for me to stay in a job that I'm not connected with. So, I mean, 20% of your salary, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So that, that kind of validates the fact that people were using a different expertise or a different reason for going up the ladder as far as promotion is concerned 20 years ago than they are today. Well, and Jim, I can't help but think about the number of coaching sessions you and I've had with people that come to us outside of their organization and say, what do I do? I, you've got me in a leadership program and I don't want to be a leader. Mm. It, you know, and we have to help them respond or, or reframe leadership. Like you can, you can lead, you can be a thought leader. It, leadership isn't always about leading people. Leadership is about leading ideas and leading innovation and leading creativity. And, and, you know, it can be so much broader than just, oh my gosh, I don't know that I want people reporting to me. So therefore, I don't know that I'm a leader. I don't think those are mutually exclusive. And Jim, Jim and I have helped people through those conversations. Actually, it's uh, getting down in the weeds, so to speak. It's the detail between what is a manager and what is a leader. Yeah. You know, a manager is a very tactical kind of thing. It's like, oh, performance appraisals and time cards and, okay, can I do that? It's, it's a very tactical type of thing. Leadership should be an element of being a manager, yes, but you can be a leader whether or not you manage people or not. I mean, you're leading in other ways, as Tom just said. Well, I think the two of you are really good examples of that. I mean, you're leaders at KFB. Whether or not you have responsibility for a wide scope of people is a different conversation. And I agree. I feel like that's been a paradigm shift over the past several years that what used to get you promoted was being great at your job. (laughs) <laughs> now, what gets you promoted into a management position is can you lead people? Can you coach people? Can you invest and show that empathy and care about people and their success? We'll figure out the technical side of the job if you can do that or not. But if you can lead other people, then that's what's going to get you promoted and ahead in your career. Um, this has been a great conversation this afternoon. And I really appreciate Christy, you and Chad coming up from Kentucky today to be with us. Uh, for they our made first, the drive. For our first live <laughs> and in-person 
podcast has been fun and i think the conversation has gone very well so thank you very much thank you for having us it's an honor to be here with you and appreciate the invitation and always enjoy working with equus yeah Yeah. thank you guys um and to our listeners thank you for joining us please um uh, join in the conversation at www.equisconsulting.com and leave your comments below thank you All views expressed on this podcast are the opinions of the individual participants and do not necessarily represent the views of any organization, employer, or group.